When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Terraform Development is an engineering and architectural design studio company located in Flagstaff, Arizona. Co-owner and founder Eddie Kalnintua supports the Hopi way of life and supports the next generation, including hiring Hopi professionals, individuals like Dr. Brianne Laban from the village of Tewa. Contact Terraform at 928-864-5022, extension 1, or you can email them at info at T-E-R-R-A, the number 4-O-R-M.com, or visit their website at www.terra, the number 4-O-R-M.com to learn more about Terraform development. They can design your next home, manage your next construction project, or fly their latest drone equipment to get aerial views of your project. Also sponsored by Strong Ones. Strong Ones is dedicated to exposing cultural traditions of running that exist within many cultures and tribes worldwide through running apparel. Strong Ones is an individually owned business supporting cultural running traditions and supporting local organizations within the Hopi Reservation. They can be found at strongones.myshopify.com. Again, that's strongones.myshopify.com. They are also on Facebook at StrongOnes15. You are now listening to the Carl and J-Man Save the World podcast. I am your host, the five-star, five-diamond chef, J-Man. And with me is the source of all of my stress. His real name is DeAndre, the prince of no air, Carlton Banks. Yo, 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 what's up, players and ayers and ears and ayers? And nars and and nars. Man, it's good to be back here in the studio. It feels like we've been gone for a while. I it, it does actually feel like we've been gone for a while. I think the inside bit to that is that the last two episodes that we recorded, we recorded both of those on the same day. Yeah, we did. Because uh, my best friend, J-Man, actually went hunting. Yeah. Yeah, tell us a little bit about that. <laughs> what did you not shoot? What, what, what did I not shoot? I, I didn't shoot turkey. Very, very dry out there. So, you know, all of the farmers know that it was a very dry summer and that uh, dryness affected the woods, too, and all the animals that live in it. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of hunters out there that did not shoot anything because of uh, because of this dry weather that we're so having. So shut up about the hunting, Carl. My turkey comes from uh, Butterball at <laughs> Safeway, so... <laughs> I think I'm safe right now. <laughs> so it, it feels good to be back. It does and, feel good um, to be back. I'm really excited about today's topic. Yeah, it for is. today's episode. Yep. And the reason why is because we do have a special guest here special in the studio. Special guest. Yes, special, special guest here in the studio. And she's going to be sharing her insights with us along the way. So get ready for that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so uh, just some context for the listeners, uh, I, I did ban Carl from asking our special guest his favorite voice question. And so we um, depicted why he asked that question. Basically, you know, J-Man does all the work and Carl wanted an, <laughs> a, a reason as to why he belonged on the podcast. So, hey, I the reason why I keep on asking is because everybody thinks I have a beautiful voice. Well, I learned how to... Uh, amplify my voice so you know at five <laughs> episodes out from now i think we'll bring that question back <laughs> we'll see about that because i'm still the reigning champ here so <laughs> so so today's topic is uh next generation or new generation hopis yeah new generation hopis i mean you were you were young once right i i think so i'm still young and hip and proper and i still use the lingo like uh like dang and uh, shucks, shucks and shoot, <laughs> like paddywhack or whatever they say. <laughs> 
But, you know, I think that this topic is, is pretty good because I think that you and I have done a pretty good job in the previous episodes kind of laying the foundation and giving good context to, you know, folks that might not be familiar with our reservation about what the mentalities are out here. Yeah. That it really does derive from uh, Hopi culture, from Hopi beliefs. Um, and so, you know, the culture out here is very uh, traditional um, and, you know, kind of uh, that that stick to the, the way that we've done it type of mentality. Yeah. But then, you know, with us uh, younger folks kind of, um, I guess, taking places, whether that's in the workplace or within our villages, within ceremonies, you know, kind of our approach to how we do things is kind of changing things uh, a little bit out here on the reservations. It is. It is very, very changing. In, and we are in that changing times to say that uh, even with our generation, you know, the past generation was saying that, oh, yeah, you guys aren't going to learn a lot of Hopi traditions. But yet we are the we're basically the last, uh, tr you know, uh, generation that's trying to uphold the, the traditional sides of it. Mm -hmm. And then I think that, you know, one one thing that I wanted to bring back, I think we did it for like a few episodes, but Hopi word of the day, your your Hopi word of the day for this episode is uh, Ilunta. What does that mean, Carl? Alunta. Mm -hmm. I don't think I ever heard anybody say alunta. <laughs> and so what alunta means, and you hear a lot of older people say it pretty often, it means change or it means changes. Oh, you mean alunga. Uh huh. And so, yeah. and so, you know, one of the phrases that you hear often by our old people is that ita katsipu alunta. Which means that our our lives are changing, and the lives change because um, whether that's uh, cultural information kind of dissipates, or the language the shift in the language changes. Because even within our own Hopi languages, Carl, I don't know if this is something that you've heard before, but even like the most oldest uh, of generations of Hopis, or even when I was a kid, you hear them kind of say things like. The way that people speak Hopi today is different. Yeah. And it's not really aligned with what their generation, how they spoke Hopi. And the way that I kind of interpreted that was that, you know, maybe back in the day, uh, about 100 years ago, you know, maybe there was a more formal way of speaking Hopi. Yeah. I mean, like my Kwa, he would say that a uh, long time ago, Hopis used to talk slower than they talk uh, right now. And they used to use the same dialect as as every other Hopi. It's just the way that we were brought up and the way that different structures in the different uh, villages have um, changed their dialect or changed the way that they speak. Well, according to most Hopis out here, us third mesas are the ones that speak the slowest. So I guess we're the ones that are still upholding that <laughs> tradition. <laughs> just Munkapis like to talk slow, uh, slow in the head, that's why. <laughs> And, and so, you know, I, I think that at least, you know, for this topic, it is a good discussion because then, you know, I think that when you do speak to the elders, you know, kind of a lot of what their concerns are about our communities today is that um, the younger generation are no longer speaking Hopi. Yeah. Or that some of uh, the cultural practices that used to be enforced a long time ago have changed Either uh, new practices are being developed as a result of integrating a lot of non-Hopi uh, practices yeah. within our culture, things like that. And so, you know, if you think about it, Hopi, we know what Hopi was like 50 years ago. But I guess in for today's theme, the question to ask is what will Hopi look like 50 years into the future? I have no idea. I'm, I'm very, very hoping that we get a McDonald's within the 50 year span. So that's my hope right now. I thought you were hoping for a Christie's within the next 50 years. <laughs> the Christie's with the Waffle House attached next to it. So uh, it, that's a joke from a past episode. Go listen to our past episode if you haven't heard about that. So It'll make you laugh. <laughs> And so I guess, you know, talking about some of those changes, you know, what are some of those changes that you've seen within your lifetime? Because, you know, we're, we're not 
that old, but we're not also that young. We're kind of in this real weird gray area yeah. of, of our lifetimes. But because, I mean, I know that for myself, that even, you know, thinking about back when I was a kid, that there has been changes within our communities. Oh, yeah. There. Um, regards to uh, our practices within the villages, our practices within ceremonies, culture, or even, you know, kind of like the the development or in, more integration of the, the Bahana components into our communities. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, if coming from, like, a, a Hopi slash Bahana kind of viewing person, remember the, the, the Flagstaff Mall? The Flagstaff Mall used to have this... Uh, um, this store called Miller's Outpost. I don't know if you, you've heard about Miller's Outpost. I think you're dating us, Carl. <laughs> I just said that we're not that old. And that's the reason why I still remember Miller's Outpost. I shopped at K-Momos. <laughs> K-Momos. KB's Toys. <laughs> But you know that that is, you know, that that is a big change because, you know, that was something that I did witness over the weekend is that, you know, my my youngest daughter, she's eight years old. And, you know, she we went out to move her older sisters into a new place out in Tempe. Yeah. And she was complaining, you know, I have nothing to do. I'm bored. And, and I'm kind of thinking in my head, you know, it's like you brought all these toys with you. Yeah. Why don't you go play with your toys? Or, yeah. You know, there's there's a backyard outside. There's playground equipment outside. Why don't you go do that? And for her, it was like. The only way she could be entertained was with uh, with the Internet. Uh, I, exactly. I mean, because we both grew up. Uh, we're, we're actually older than the Internet. I'm not dating us or anything like that, but we are actually kind of older than the Internet. And um, like when we were in high school, we didn't know about the Internet too much about it. I mean, like in grade school, there was Internet. We sent girls emails in high school. <laughs> There was, there was that. Maybe you didn't do that. I, I did a lot. I never, I never did that. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, like, you know, we, we didn't know about the internet until we got into high school. And that's when we started learning about AOL, you know, Hotmail, uh, Yahoo, Google. Uh, and it, it wasn't, it was, it was like a training for us to be on the computer. And I'm not saying that we're old, old. I'm saying that we, the technology was there, but we were learning at a slower pace than how it was being presented. For the record, I think technically Carl is older than I am. <laughs> not even old. I'm not even that old. So Old man. <laughs> And so, you know, I, I think that even just those small changes, you know, the more integration of technology within within our household yeah. has changed, has changed things out here, has changed the mentalities of a lot of the folks on here. And we've documented quite a, quite a bit in terms of like how integrated with the Internet that uh, we are as people out here on Hopi. And, you know, our Hopis and the Internet episode kind of really touched on a lot of those topics in terms of how we want to share everything, anything and everything that we did in our days on the internet as Hopi people. Yeah, exactly. And when we talk about like how new Hopi, or I'm not saying that they're new Hopis, I'm saying they're new generation Hopis, how they perceive uh, old time Hopi traditions mm -hmm. and how what, mm -hmm. they, what they think about that. I mean, I'm pretty sure that these younger Hopis think that, oh, that's an old way of doing things. And mm -hmm. this is not what my parents do now. I don't know why they're doing it now in that in that sense. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then I think we've documented too a lot of other things too that have changed all throughout our past episodes because we've talked about some of the Hopi dishes that yeah. were more uh, prevalent in our younger years that you don't see a lot of anymore, or even a lot of the families eating meals on the floor yeah that was something that was more common i think that when we were younger and then i think that another thing that's kind of really um at least that's been really impress impressionable in my brain from when i was a younger uh, person kind of going to the kiva for the first time that you would hear oftentimes a lot of those older hopis they would kind of refer uh to the generation ahead of them as the Hopis that really had the knowledge or that had the real yeah. Hopi knowledge, yeah. they would always say, they would say in Hopi, uh, referring to the generation ahead of them. Yeah. Before we head, uh, head on further, let's take a little break for our first sponsor here. This paid sponsorship was paid for by Justin Villarreal. 
Nurturing Indigenous Intelligence is a grassroots organization whose mission is to assist our Indigenous students in their pursuit of education. You can follow them on Facebook and Instagram to keep up with upcoming distributions. All right, and we're back. And so I think that that's just a lot having to do with the language and the culture, but there has been some changes on um, our lives, I guess, uh, on the Bahana side. Yeah. What and are some of those changes? I mean, like what, when you when I when you talk about like the Bahana changes, I mean, you talk about like infrastructure and you talk about economic structures and you talk about how Bahanas perceive Native Americans now, because when we were going to school, you know, we had we went we were Indians. <laughs> we then. were Indians back then and we learned about native cultures in, in school and we learned that to an extent where it's like, you know, oh, this was written in uh nineteen eighty five and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and, and even still now today's books they require you to learn about Native American. It mm-hmm. wasn't required for us to learn about Native Americans. And then now in twenty twenty we're indigenous. Yeah, and now in twenty twenty we're indigenous people here. We're not. We're not. Uh, we're, we're not, not Indians, Indians anymore. anymore. <laughs> we don't have the Washington Redskins anymore. So, <laughs> to the dismay of a lot of our people who are Redskins fans out here on the <laughs> reservation. Exactly. So, I mean, there's a lot of changes that do happen and do occur, but when you're talking about cultural cultural aspects in cultural, um, like I, I would say, like cultural uh, turning, there is a lot of um, there's a lot of different different uh, aspects in how we perceive culture now or Hopi culture now. Like like take for example like when you, when we used to like go to uh, like going going hunting, you know there used to be like this uh, this this process where you go hunting, uh, where you know a, a trained uh, or like this person who's in a society makes you uh, prayer feathers in order to go hunting and you take that with you for a good hunt. And nowadays, I don't think it's being practiced in that in that sense to where you're you're hunting in a traditional way. You're hunting just because you have a, a tag that you want to use up. I was going to say people don't do that anymore. <laughs> we still do that. You, you did that? Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, OK. Mm-hmm. I, you know, but you're right, though. I, I think that that's probably only practiced maybe amongst a handful yeah. of, of hunters. And then, of course, you know, we're not out there with our outdas and no. you know, our hohus. We got our 12 gauge shotguns, <laughs> and, you know, our 30 out sixes and, you know, that type of thing. And then even on those hunting trips, you do hear a lot about, you know, the older hunters talking about what hunting was like back in their day. Yeah. And kind of and, and, you know, and that's always kind of been a common theme, I think, amongst Hopis and them talking about some of the big changes, because in this most recent hunt, that's kind of what my dad was talking about, how game was so much more abundant, even when he was a kid, probably in the 1950s and the 1960s, that you just saw so much more animals in the woods. And then now, you know, because of the drought, you hardly see any. And I think that that's kind of a, a common uh, conversation that you hear, um, even with the farming, with yeah. the farmers, yeah. with the Hopis, the old Hopis talking about how it used to rain a lot more back in their days and that the, the crops always did pretty good from summer to summer. But now you have this drought. And so, you know, some of those changes, I guess, really aren't resu- uh, as a result of people um, in terms of like the next generation or the young generation, but that's definitely an issue that the young generation has to deal with. Yeah. Because as the next generation or the young generation, you hear these stories about, you know, how good life was back in the back, back in the old days. And then now you're having to deal with the lifestyles now with having less corn or trying to, or even, you know, this practice of buying corn. If you don't have enough corn for uh, what it is that you need to do, what it is that you need to pay back for, or, you know, seeing less meat coming through as a result of of, uh, the poor hunting situations. Exactly. And, you know, when you hear about the old stories like that, it just it takes you back to a time that you don't even know yourself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you just you just think about that or you just wonder about how did you guys survive without going a safe way? How did you guys survive without Wi-Fi? <laughs> exactly. And, and uh, you know, how did you survive without watching your favorite TV shows on Netflix? What do you mean? Well, you didn't have YouTube back then? <laughs> what did you do for fun? <laughs> 
and see all of these different changes are are impacted within the Hopi community. And I'm not saying it's for the good. I'm not saying it's for the bad. But I'm saying it's impacting us in a way where we think it's good or we think it's bad. But we all make it to where it's it's a foreign kind of impact. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And definitely, you know, it, it is impacting us whether we like it or not. And I think that, you know, that's kind of the important thing about, you know, discussing, you know, these types of uh, changes that yeah. are happening within our communities. Because I think that one thing that I've always thought about, you know, is that if you ask anybody, if you ask any Hopi person, what is the most ideal community? What are some good changes that you would like to see in the future? And I always feel like that everybody will probably always say we want our language to be preserved. Yeah. We want our cultural practices to be preserved. We'd like quality education. We would like homes for people to live in. Uh, we would like um, quality emergency response systems and those sort of things. And so with the knowledge of the old, with the energy of the new, how do we make that happen? Yeah, exactly. And, and I mean, those are the types of things that we all ask. And I'm not saying anything against uh, the Hopi tribe here but or against the Hopi council. But there's been a lot of talk about infrastructure over the past years saying that we're going to be doing this for our children. We're going to be doing this for our generation's end. And but nothing has been done to do to to fulfill their their statements or to f- to fulfill their their words in, in a change there. The casino monies hasn't come in yet. That's why. <laughs> exactly. We're going to take another uh, quick break here for our sponsor. The Indigenous Design Collab are Indigenous designers collaborating to bring creative people and ideas closer together through education, communication, and creative expression. They explore, cultivate, and indigenize space. Indigenous Design Collab is having a call for entry starting September 1st for digital artwork for their second annual design show. The theme is Rise to Vote. For more information, they can be found on Facebook or Instagram. All right, and we're back. And so now I think it would be a good time to bring in our special guest. Ah, yes. But before we do, I, I think that it's important for our non-Hopi uh, listeners to uh, kind of discuss this dynamic of what a Hopi is <laughs> and their relationship <laughs> to their nephews. Yeah. Because um, our special guest is Mike and Mike, Yurkia. Yeah, exactly. Although I think that if she could um, remove herself from being Yurkia, I, I think that <laughs> she would. Hey, she likes me better, so. That's not what she said before we started recording. <laughs> I'm sure she still loves me, so. But, and you know, that's kind of the, the thing is that I've never really heard kind of an explanation as to why our geas have that relationship with their nephews and the way that they do. Yeah. But for most of us, you know, your gea is your female uh, relative from your father's side of yeah. the family. And basically, I, I think what's so dynamic or what's so uh, distinguishable about distinguishable about it is that the way they interact with you yeah and so in a way you know there are our cultural girlfriends yeah and and so like you know when we talk about uh we're meaning that they're close to us through our 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 paternal Mm -hmm. side Mm -hmm. there and they're the ones who in a hopi tradition they're the ones who wash our hair name us and they're the ones who will take care of us and they have other important roles throughout uh, a man's life yeah and, and you know there, there is that relationship to where we do treat each other like uh, actual girlfriends and, yeah you know, kind of the teasing and um and so that's uh, who our guest is today yeah so let's go ahead and bring her on here her name is uh kelsey Anse, and she took my last name because we're married uh, let's bring her on. And she's my girlfriend on the side. <laughs> Kelsey. Hello, everybody. So, you know, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? I'm from Lower Munkapi. Okay. And uh, so how old are you? I'm 19 years old. And so you're going to school, right? Are you Are you going to school? Yeah, I am. And so where are you going to school currently? I'm going to Fort Lewis. Perfect. Fort Lewis. Damn, Fort Lewis. Is that a free school? The tuition is free. Yeah, for Native Americans, Yeah, right? for Native Americans. Yeah. There's this girl that walks around campus over there. She's kind of slow. Her name's uh, Michaela. <laughs> She's not slow. She's my other woman, too. So, Michaela, if you're listening to this, you know, you're my woman. Sorry, Mano, <laughs> but you were asking for it. <laughs> 
And so, um, and so, uh, Kelsey is here with us, um, and you're, you know, like, like Carl asked, you know, she is a younger member. And so we definitely want to get what her perspectives are on, uh, what, what the, the new generation of Hopis are and what our communities are. And so I think that some of the things that we touched upon in our uh, early dialogue about, um, the changes that have happened in our communities, one of the big changes is this shift in culture and language. And, you know, that's something that's kind of always been a big discussion out here on Hopi is that a lot less people are speaking the Hopi language. But from your experiences, do you feel that you're um, supported in learning the Hopi language or what has your experience been with the Hopi language? Um, growing up, um, I saw would teach a Hopi Lavai class and we would go every summer to learn and um, relearn things that we may have forgotten over the um, school year. And I think learning our language is something that is important and that we should all be learning to be Hopi in a way. But I do think that the language between the old generation and my generation has been lost because even I don't know fully how to or fluently how to speak Hopi, but I can carry on a conversation up to a certain point. And I would really like to, you know, relearn or learn more about my language and how to speak it. So like, you know, the, I, I mean, like when we, when we talk about language so often, we, we talk about how we, as, as our generation still tries to hold on to trying to speak that language. But when we talk about how the younger generation is, we have to teach them how to hold on to that. It, it wasn't a given to say that, oh, I want to hold on to it. Now we're have, we have to tell them, you have to hold on to your language now. And that's, I guess that's kind of the difference between our generation, uh, you know, J-Man and I's generation versus uh, Kelsey's generation is that she wants, she has to be taught to learn how to hold on to the, 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 the language rather than we have to say that when we say that we are trying to keep that, uh, that traditions alive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, uh, Kelsey, can you tell us also to at, at least the best that you can in terms of like your involvement with our culture, maybe uh, some of the dances that you've been involved with? How how does that make you feel like does that kind of uh, reaffirm your identity as a Hopi person? And does it make you feel more encouraged to learn to uh, speak your language? Um, yeah, it does. Like doing social dances like butterfly and buffaloes. During that time, I feel like most close to my culture because you hear everybody, like the older generation, you hear them speaking your language and you start to hear the younger generation, like the boys, when they sing, they you're able to hear like things being passed down from generation to generation. And it it makes you feel good about what you're doing and what you are learning from elders and your family members. Nice. And uh, so and then I I think that another question for you and, you know, because we did, I I think I guess really the theme of this today's episode is really change. Um, And I know that it's very noticeable that a lot of non-Hopi cultural Um, I guess not necessarily really practices, but elements are kind of being integrated with our dances now. And I think that the big one right now is powwow. Yeah. And so, you know, there are more Hopis, mostly younger Hopis that are involved with powwow and kind of integrating elements of what that is into our ceremonies. Um, from, From your perspective, from a younger person's perspective, why do you think that more Hopis are gravitating towards that? And are there any teachings that you've learned from your elders in regards to participating in something like powwow? Um, I think that it's interesting that they're leaning towards powwow because, you know, in our culture, we don't have anything similar to powwow. And I think that it's something that they learn to listen to because it's all over the Internet. And I think a lot of natives kind of um, think that they're all the same in a way, like they um, take part of other um other tribes traditions in a way like how we have some dances that are similar to other tribes and 
So I think this is another way of them um, showing their respect in a way to um, integrate our language and our songs with powwow. Actually, that's that's you know that's kind of weird because I never heard it like that before. Like you know, where we where we see that we're all one together. Like all the like the younger generation thinks that all natives are one to are one you know one generation or one Native American. Yeah. But then when we talk about like our generation, we don't see it that we're, way. We're all anti-everybody. Yeah, we're Except like, Hopi. we're like, you know, we're like, we're just Hopi here. We don't care about we, the, we all the other. We don't do those. Yeah, things. we don't do those. You know, things. We're, we're not. We're not Indians. We're Hopi. yeah. So it's it's kind of weird in a way to hear the younger generation think that. So I, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, that that is a different take on it because I think that you know for people that aren't really familiar with uh, kind of the dynamics around Hopis and powwow is that I think a lot of the older generation, they, they kind of see it as that, like it's not Hopi, kind of similar to what we were saying in our yeah. economic development episode. Because our soul would tell us things like that, you know, yeah. not to be involved with yeah. that thing. And I think her underlying message, and maybe that, you know, a lot of what of the older, a lot of the older people thought too, is that, yeah. and so it was always, you know, at least we still have our own Hopi, Hopi ways continue to just do the Hopi things. Yeah. And so that's kind of a, a, a juxtaposed thought process from the older generation to the younger generation. Well, that's pretty cool. I thought that was a, a really neat question or yeah. answer yeah. to that. Yeah, I think so too. I, I think I think there was that underlying that to say that, yeah, we are one people, like all the natives are one people, and that we should we should uh, move forward as a one unity. But in our in our generation, we we don't think that way. We we think that we're so unique in a way that we're we're not introduced to powwow. We don't do those powwow sorts of uh, different uh, you know dances. I thought that's why you grew your hair long. I thought you were trying to be a grass dancer. <laughs> I was just trying to impress the ladies. That was pretty much it. <laughs> All it got me was the old ladies that wanted to pet my hair. <laughs> And, and so, you know, I think that, you know, a kind of another um, another burden that our, our younger generation of Hopis experience, especially people that like Kelsey that are kind of growing out of their adolescent phase to where they're out of their parents' yeah. house and, you know, off to uh, getting a college education. Um, Kelsey, do you feel supported that in, do, do you feel, I, I guess, do you feel positive that once you complete your college education, that there will be a house waiting for you on the reservation or a job waiting for you on the reservation? Mm, I think, like, after getting my college career situated, I think that, no, I'm, I'm not going to be supported on my reservation because already now seeing family members or friends that have to go through this when they finish their college degree or their schooling, whatever they're going to school for, I think that they tend to stay like in cities more because there's nothing out here. There's literally sticks and stones out here. There's no like job you can really get because it, it, there's three, three or two stores out here that have jobs and if you don't get one, then you're basically stuck in your parents' house again. <laughs> and and that is very very true because every every uh, graduation that I go to, that always comes up when when a, a person who has a degree or has some sort of higher education says that okay, you are our future here. Go out, learn some, come back here and teach the Hopi people what you have learned. But when there's nothing uh, to come back out here, then it kind of discourages you from actually graduating from college or even high school. I, well, I, I think more than anything, it probably discourages folks from coming back home to the reservation. And, you know, that's probably why that the increase of our people moving to the urban areas, staying in the urban areas is, is such a prominent um, habit now. Because, you know, when well, unless unless you're going to work in the education system, unless you're going to work in the healthcare system, that there isn't really much other opportunity for folks out here. And, you know, outside of those two professions, there's numerous jobs that uh, Hopi needs out here. And so, but yet there's no structure or infrastructure to support those folks that are going to school for other programs outside of that to come back home. 
Yeah. All right. Let's take a little quick break for our sponsor here. Danae Mahapi Arts is a modern art made with traditional values. Danae is involving artists who is innovative through her artwork while incorporating contemporary modern trends and bright colors being the base of her work. Hopi traditional elements is her main focus, giving her artwork an intricate finish. Though she's living in today's modern society, she paints meaning and value of traditional designs to showcase and symbolizes her upbringing out on Hopi. She specializes in customized painting, painted earrings to her colorful bright canvas paintings and much more. Danae can be found on Instagram at Art, where you can find and support her one-of-a-kind art pieces. All right, and we're back. For, for example, graphic designers, I learned, uh, <laughs> move back into their soulless houses. So. <laughs> hey, shut up, man. This, I'm, okay, to put it out there, put it straight, I did not graduate from a re- refrigerator school here, so <laughs> I said graphic <laughs> designer. <laughs> So, I mean, yes, my degree uh, has a different take. It's not from a university like ASU or U of A, but I I still got a degree (laughs) just to put it out there. (laughs) And and so uh, if I can ask a a serious question uh, for for the moment, Kelsey, um, what is your favorite Hopi meme? And for our older generation, can you describe what a meme is? A meme is a funny picture with a funny phrase on it. It can be literally anything, anything so silly. Um, I think my favorite Hopi meme, um, I don't think I have a favorite Hopi meme. I think the favorite one I have is, I think, one with Baby Yoda holding up a Somiviki. And he goes, ooh, or something. Or It's Ali, I think it was the caption. <laughs> so so I guess technically all of uh, Carl's uh, social media profile pictures can technically be uh, considered a meme. No, I mean, like, uh, my favorite my favorite meme is uh, there's this one hunter that's sleeping, sleeping on, uh, on on a tree, and there's a deer that's eating his uh, food there. And it said, uh, Sita's uh, first hunting trip. That's my favorite meme, so... <laughs> I don't think that exists, Carl. <laughs> it exists in my head. <laughs> and, and so I guess to keep, to keep the discussion uh, moving forward, um, kind of talking about, um, I, I guess, you know, I think that some of the uh, issues with uh, our youth today is that there is this generation gap between the younger people and the older people. And I know that there are some stereotypes because, you know, you hear you hear our older people often kind of talking about the youth and kind of what their interpretations are on uh, who they think that they are. And so, you know, I know that one of the kind of underlying themes that, that you hear a lot, especially in, your, in, in regards to the culture, is that sometimes you hear a lot of older folks say that, you know, I don't speak Hopi to my younger, to my kids, grandkids, etc., because I don't think that they know, understand what I'm saying. Yeah. So, Kelsey, uh, what are some other stereotypes or misconceptions that you think older people have about the younger generation of Hopis? I think that older generations think that we're not following what we are supposed to be doing, like what the creator told us we should be doing. And, like, we're not learning what we need to learn to preserve our teachings or our culture. Like, my soul, she speaks Hopi, she's fluent, a Hopi speaker, and then my mom, she she knows Hopi, she can speak it, she can, um, like, listen, understand it, but then there's, there's me who doesn't understand it or can talk it, but not talk it perfectly, but my soul used to say, or used to tell my mom that I didn't teach you Hopi because um, we struggled with our education, learning English and trying to speak Hopi, we were you know, it was hard for us to get our education in English and to learn those things. So I think that, in a way, it's hard to live in two worlds, I would say, because you live in two worlds, the Bahana world and your Hopi world, where you have to find the fine line to live in those two worlds. <laughs> that uh, that phrase that you just said, uh, talk it, that's like, such like a res thing that everybody would say. I like to just talk it. <laughs> <laughs> that's like a, such a res term. <laughs> Did you just talk it to him? 
speaking speaking of res terms kelsey we had this question and you'd probably be the best person to um answer this for us for your generation growing up do you guys still say the the red slings like the knees and the us liars and all of that yeah we still say that um on the way over here, um, I was doing that a lot in the car with Carl, and I was thinking about the past podcast, and I was like, oh my god, I really do sound like that. I really say every five minutes, or us, and then I catch myself. And I remember growing up, my sister would always get mad at me for, for saying that, because I, I went to the day school for um, first grade, and then I went to um, the boarding school for second grade. And I remember when I went over there, you know how uh, Navajos go, ah. And um, I remember going home one day and my sister got after me. She said, how come you're always saying that? You're not Navajo. You're supposed to say, <laughs> Because I have, I have older girls and I couldn't tell if that's something that they kept up because they would say like the lits. And fires and, you know, <laughs> calling everybody bruh, even myself and my wife. And we're like, do they still say me or not nah, or all of that? So that's weird because uh, I, I still say like, is like, you know, that's that's like such a like a, a hot villa word. Like, you know, that it's like, uh, I think I overuse that a lot. I, I always thought is was kind of more of a, a ladies thing. And that's the reason why, because, you know, you hear it because I, because Solo says that. And so I kind of just pick up on that. <laughs> and so I'm like, it's really. And and so, um, so Kelsey, um, if there was kind of like, like if like, obviously you have the platform now, what message do you have for, for our older people in terms of, you know, uh, helping them to kind of learn more about the, the younger generation and what your guys' mentalities are? My advice, I guess, would just be to be understanding, like, things can't stay the same forever and things have to change to, in order to understand, like, the younger people, what they're going through and the things that they're exposed to. Because even, like, my mom is different. She grew up different than me. She's always telling me stories like, oh, we did this. And it was so much safer to go out and, like, play during my time. And then when you guys are growing up, you hear so many stories of, like, children being abducted or, like, walking off in the middle of the night and stuff like that. And so it it really, you really have to kind of stop and think, like, what is the best way to understand like the changes that are going on in the world especially if they're set in a certain mindset for so for so long that they grew up with and I think that's just something that they have to understand it's just yeah understanding where we're coming from and what we're exposed to huh that's actually really good advice to a lot of uh, the youngsters out there, especially because we as we as the generation before you, uh, we have already a mindset of how we want to see the world and how we perceive the world. But and, and the generation before us has the same mentality and how they saw the world and how they want to see the world. Mm -hmm. And so it's that it's that line that keeps on cutting off. It's it, it's not a straight line. It's always that that line that keeps on lining that line that keeps on lining up. <laughs> it's that line that's jagged in a way, but it keeps on moving forward. And, you know, I think that, you know, what I just now thought of, too, is that, you know, this generation does kind of have a difficult um pathway ahead of them because then you know you're kind of burdened with the weight of continuing our language continuing our culture but yet now the pahana way is so prevalent in our lifestyles that in addition to that go get a college education come back here and do our economic development fix our educational system fix our healthcare system and so you know it's a lot for you know a, a generation of people a generation of hopis to undertake yeah, exactly. And so like when we talk about like the infrastructure of Hopi, who are we actually talking to 
if we're not talking to our, our old, younger generation. Mm-hmm. Or talking to each other. Or talking to each other. And that's the hard part about it is that we think that we're doing something good as far as keeping our traditions alive. But like I said before, in order to move forward, we have to we have to break that apart, tradition and behind the, behind the ways in order to move forward with uh, infrastructure and to move forward with economic development and move forward with uh, the the generation that is now going to be taking, uh, you know, taking over. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, um, so Kelsey, the next question that I have for you is that, do you feel that um, the youth has a, a good support system out here on the reservation in terms of like programs for youth or that youth has a place to where their voices uh, where they feel like their voices can be heard? I think that there is a a good um, pathway leading to it. I think a lot of people now are starting to understand more um, some of the things that um, the younger generation is going through. So I think it's a real good, it's really good to see some people who are stepping up on their platforms to um, help to educate people like even if they're like emotions or like activities for school I think that there are some really good programs that are starting to evolve now and are coming available to students now and not even just students like young young adults I think there's good programs for them now that's good to hear and you know I I agree with that too I think that a lot of people are starting to pay more attention to our younger generation to our younger folks and to be able to create that for for us but you know we're quickly running out of time so I think the question maybe for all three of us is that you know as as new leaders you know because Carl and I technically were part of this this next generation too is that you know how I, I guess what what is the most ideal future that you see for Hopi? And so, you know, maybe Kelsey can answer that first and then Carl. I think my ideal future for Hopi would be, I guess, finding a way to help our people more than just talking it, you know, just speaking on that word. I want to see our community flourish with more um, job opportunities, with more help, support, and I want to see, you know, the people to stop, you know, using drugs as an outlet or doing something that's not good because we, we, we want to sustain our culture and our way of life. And I think the only way that can get better is by bettering our community, bettering our, our education system and, yeah, finding ways to help our community because it's really needed in it's sad to see that our community is going down. That actually is a really good, uh, really good answer there. And just going off of what uh, what Kelsey was saying is that yes, we there there needs to be that that help. But who are we actually asking uh, to help us? I mean, we can't help. We can't we can't ask the tribe because all they're in in for is just uh, trying to keep their jobs in in order. And we, we can't help. We we can't ask our parents because they're trying to you know do their parental uh, work. And we can't ask the older because they they don't know anything about uh, how to infrastructure uh, new Hopi society or new. Um, new society or new generations, what you call it. So how do we, or who do we ask and how do we ask that? We can say all that we can, but how do we do that? Yeah, that that is a good question. And, you know, for me, I really do think that, you know, it really does take all of us, you know, it takes more than just the people living here on the reservation, that it also involves bringing in our urban relatives and the extensive experiences and uh, skill levels that they have to help fix things out here. Because I think right now we're just really fixated a little too much, I think, in terms of our leadership on people who live out here. And I understand that. um, I understand that mentality. But then, you know, you think about some of the folks that are living off reservation and what some of the positions that they hold. But in regards to the original question, you know, the ideal future for Hopi, I know mine's would be for uh, Carl to recognize his position as the sidekick of (laughs) this podcast and moving forward and you know renaming the podcast the j-man show <laughs> with with carl with uh guest carl every <laughs> every now every two weeks with with car with deandre with deandre hey what's up playouts 
<laughs> so, uh, Kelsey, is there anything else that uh, you'd like to say out to uh, podcast land before we wrap up? Um, I hope you guys enjoy your day and hope this podcast was fun because I find it fun. It was, I thought it was fun. And, well, and tell them who your uh, favorite boyfriend is. Is it J-Man or Carl? I'm going to have to go with J-Man. Oh, come on. <laughs> hey, well, you're still my wife anyway, so I'll give that to you. <laughs> I, well, I, I'm having a great day today. So, <laughs> so uh, before we wrap up today, Carl, uh, we give give us some special shout outs, uh, special shout outs to a, a few of our uh, of our diehard fans. Give a shout out to uh, Noel Goyahoma. To Michelle Holden, Joyce Hamilton, and to our boy Miller, Miller Goenyama. All right, give a give a round of applause for all three of our sponsors. If you want to sponsor us, please go to anchor.fm slash cjpodcast85 and become a monthly sponsor for us, and that keeps us on the air. And that keeps uh, us to... Uh, continue to hire the people that we've hired <laughs> exactly and that it actually keeps me out of a, a cardboard box so <laughs> <laughs> and you know I, also too i think i'd like to give out a, a special shout out to some podcasts all right let's go have ahead been and, featuring yeah. us of course you know shout out to our uh, new friend jose jose acevedo in the finding arizona podcast who we had on last week and then also too i think that there's a podcast i believe they're based in flagstaff that you'd like to give a shout out to Oh, uh, the um, are we are we talking about uh, Dale podcast? Uh, no, they're not. They're not based in. Uh, I think they're based in Washington. I believe. Right? Oh, really? Yeah, no yeah. So my apologies, fellas. Yeah. So shout out to uh, Dale podcast with uh, Jeff, one of my uh, former coworkers, Hastings. So shout out to him. And then also too, lastly, I'd like to shout out uh, my boy, good friend of mine, Delmar Black Horse, and you know he started his own podcast called the uh, Your Auntie's Favorite Podcast, <laughs> and you know shout out to him, to Adrian Cordell and Herschel. Um, I believe that you can find all of these podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, same places that you can find us. But uh, Carl, do you know who your uh, get us favorite podcaster is? Yeah, yeah, she said she said she, it. She uh, said Jamie. She said Carl. She said said my favorite she said jamin she said my man is carl <laughs> what are you talking about and and quickly before we go off air that you know we're we're close to ending the season we're yeah. close to ending season two so we are going to do another giveaway another giveaway another giveaway so when this episode dro uh, drops on wednesday we'll have information on how to get involved into the giveaway and then also too was brought to our attention that not everybody out there has a social media account yeah. so if you'd like to be entered into our giveaway and you don't have a facebook instagram or twitter account you can email us at cjpodcast85 at gmail.com yeah and uh go to our uh youtube youtube site uh, we're, we're, we're working on that series that <laughs> yeah. we've been talking so about. The, the script has been written, so the script hasn't been written. Uh, and we're, we're, we're negotiating we're ne my contract right now. <laughs> Carl doesn't want to pay me what if, I'm asking If for. you want to become an actor for our YouTube series, please let us know. Let, let us, us know. know, and we'll put you in our one of our series there, in our YouTube series. It's going to be a lot of fun, and it's gonna we'll bring donuts. And uh, I'll bring myself. Carl will bring them. <laughs> and I'll bring myself. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again for listening to Carl and J-Man Save the World. This is, my, my name is Carl, and this is my best friend, J-Man. So long. Fuck, fuck.